It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What is up? I'm John Hansen. Welcome to Hansen's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com and the Fantasy Points podcast feed. We are 28% through the regular fantasy football season. So for this podcast, I'm going to take a kind of a big look, a big picture look at some situations where I think the word regression comes to mind for me because um, I've been doing this a long time and I have been through this before where you get through week four, week three, even, and whatever takes you had in the preseason, all summer, off season, whatever, they're based on the first four to five weeks of the season, which is, well, it's unfair for one, um, Daniel Jones comes to mind, obviously, um, didn't really base any Daniel Jones love on September. I, I certainly would have noticed the schedule looking nasty uh, in September. Of course, we didn't know about Saquon Barkley and the left tackle, all the other issues there. But my point is simply this. It's a pretty unfair situation, but I've seen it time and time again where, yeah, through four weeks, it looks really bad, but then the regression occurs and then all of a sudden, Guy gets on a little bit of a run, produces to the level that we thought, maybe even above it at times. And, oh, look, lo and behold, at the end of the year, he finishes right around where we had him. I, I understand this is tough business, but um, we're trying to help people out here. I am in this podcast, so I thought we would look at some of the players that are mostly underachieving and see if we can get some buying opportunities, get some insight into it. Will things level off here? Before we get to that, just a reminder, if you are listening to this podcast ahead of week number five of the National Football League, you better, if you're not already, check checking out Fantasy Points Data. Check out Fantasy Points Data. Free preview week all week heading into week number five. So I guess that will go non-free probably uh, Monday, Columbus Day, I guess, Sunday, whatever. So uh, through at least August, October 8th, uh, make sure you check out data.fantasypoints.com. It is the most powerful data tool ever built in the fantasy football space. Uh, getting rave reviews out there as well. All right, so let's get into some of the situations where through the quarter point of the season, you know, we are certainly worried, and let's try and figure it out whether or not these guys can bounce back. I will start, well, let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a difficult one. I'm going to be talking with Dr. Mark Addicts about this on Thursday morning on Sirius XM, you know, and I, I can certainly text Doc whenever I want. Um, tough situation for even a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon to figure out. Uh, but I, I will say this. It has gotten so bad with Joe Burrow that I'm I'm buying. I, I'm still feeling like I understand it's been horrible, but are we really going to get through the end of the season with Joe Burrow with like 19 touchdowns? I mean, we're not. We're just not. So I would look at this as 
try to stay patient with Joe Burrow. He does have a, two beatable matchups, really. I, I think it's see, he's going to do something. He's going to have at least one good game before the bye week in week seven. And hopefully that bye week can, you know, obviously do a world of good for Joe Burrow and get him back on track. Obviously, we'll see about T. Higgins as well out of practice early in the week, heading into week number five. Not sure if T. Higgins is going to go. And he's had, you know, he's had a little bit of an injury uh, past here, recent past this this week, a rib issue there. So may not have T. Higgins this week, which would suck. Uh, Tyler Boyd steps up. But looking at the schedule, they do have some tougher matchups coming out of the bye, like San Fran. Uh, Buffalo week nine, hopefully by then it's kind of a shootout looking at the fantasy playoffs. Well, I mean, he has got an unbelievable run of games, honestly, even if we start week 14. I don't think there are any leagues that start their playoffs these days in week 14, but maybe a few uh, versus the Colts. Then he's against the Vikings, two home games there. It's a great matchup at Pittsburgh is a damn good matchup the way we're looking right now. And then at KC is not a good matchup per se, but that could be a shootout. So I uh, would feel, I do feel okay about Joe Burrow and the Bengals and their ability to bounce back. Not going to say it's going to happen this week. The injury is a serious wild card there, but just looking at major regression candidates, basically, because it happens every year. Um, Let's move on. I'll go to a lesser less dire situation, Jacksonville Jaguars. I was very high on Trevor Lawrence this year. I mean, he kind of was my guy for a while. Then he was in my top three of, of quarterback targets. It was like Herbert. I think I grouped Herbert Burrow into one guy. It was like Joe Herbert or Justin Burrow. Um, and of course, Daniel Jones and Lawrence. Um, Look, with Daniel Jones, too, we'll get into him uh, and Lawrence a little bit. The, the, the price tag is a factor here. Now, of course, Lawrence was more expensive than Daniel Jones. I felt certainly more confident in Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely was more than happy to push Lawrence at his ADP, which was a little pricier. And, you know, he's being drafted when some good running backs were being taken and wide receivers. So, you know, that was a more of a premium pick. And thus a more important pick. And I'm I'm still not panicking about Trevor Lawrence. You know, we covered all the data points about the drops uh, last week. It got a little bit better, I thought, this week. I mean, we are living in London, I guess. Um, we got that going on, but you should be used to it. The Jack, they have cots there, apparently. But, you know, Zay Jones was back at practice on a limited fashion on Wednesday, October 4th. So I do think they miss Zay Jones, but it's just, they've just been a little off. The timing's been off. Calvin Ridley has dropped a couple of balls, uh, got lucky on that touchdown. So definitely stay patient with Trevor Lawrence and just roll with him. You know, not going to go off every week. It might not be as good as we thought, but even if it's to the level of last year, honestly, uh, not bad. That is certainly not bad. He's, he is running, so I feel good about their ability uh, to bounce back a little bit. You know, I did go in there in the players to trade and trade for article at fantasypoints.com and wrote up Christian Kirk 
in terms of like that was weird week one i'm like i am not buying this and boy ever since christian kirk has been all over the place so that was obviously an aberration i'm trying to pull up uh here you go five stats to know from our chris wecht from fantasy points data there was a really good nugget here um i can reread the whole article here here it is since week two christian kirk has a 31.4% first read target share compared to just 17.4 for Calvin Ridley. He also leads the NFL in design targets over the past three weeks. So uh, as he writes here, the fantasy community was overreacting to Kirk's usage. I was not. I was like, this is weird. I don't buy it. And we'll buy that uh, by the dip for Christian Kirk. But Zay Jones, they do need him back, and I, I do think we're trending toward a return there for Zay Jones. Well, might as well mention Daniel Jones. I mean, again, nightmare situation. People are pissed at me because uh, I did like Daniel Jones. I got a little carried away. I did know that Daniel Jones had a little margin for error, but, you know, I had confidence in everything that they did. You know, I'm, I'm trying to talk process here. You know, it's easy to say, I guess, oh, well, his ADP was like 107 uh, compared to, I don't know, Burrow, who was like, what was he, like 30? You know, that's a pretty big difference. Uh, Lawrence was like 60, 65, a pretty big difference. I definitely had a lot more confidence in Lawrence, but the uh, fact of the matter is, you know, some of the elements in play here with the analysis were completely disintegrated right out of the gate starting with Darren Waller with this hamstring the Friday before the opener of course Saquon Barkley the left guard gets hurt and misses a game or two the left tackle Andrew Thomas who's a stud misses time now the center got hurt it, it's it's brutal and Daniel Jones is he's absolutely part of the problem I, I think he's shell-shocked you know I don't think little bit of a slow blinker to begin with i mean it is a complete shit storm actually when you really look at it because not only do they have all these other issues i'm outlining mike kafka is is not doing a good job i mean this is i'm not studying everything but i think that's a very fair assessment and he was supposedly good he was good last year like i guess I'm getting to what I'm getting to is can we get better here? I guess the, the answer has to be yes, because it cannot get any worse. The offensive line needs to get healthy, obviously, but these are units that tend to get better as the season progresses. So I, I think it's fair to presume that the O-line will get better. Saquon Barkley is practicing uh, this week. Um, Andrew Thomas, by the way, did not practice on Wednesday as I record this. I'm not banking on anyone necessarily or Daniel Jones, but I do have to go with the narrative that, well, it's, let's just say it this way, it's so bad that it literally cannot get any worse. Well, I guess it could in theory if they all their offensive linemen got hurt. But, you know, I, I would lean toward this getting better. Now, the problem is it's, 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 dug itself such a hole that we're, we're not going to get to a place we had hoped or at, at least I had hoped 
Um, we did get Wandell Robinson back this week, and that was, hey, he was part of the very deep receiving core that had us optimistic, or me. Uh, he looked good. He looked really good. You know, can we get better blocking? And Saquon, then all of a sudden it opens up all kinds of opportunities for Jalen Hyatt, the speedster who can absolutely fly. He is a one-trick pony right now, but still, it's a good trick. And, of course, Mr. Waller. Then we can look at, you know, all the secondary options here and put it all together and say this is an, a solid situation. And Daniel Jones has the cheat code going for him a little bit too, of course. But again, my man got a little shell-shocked. So while I think we will get better, we're, we're just not going to be amazing. Uh, and that, that sucks. Uh, the schedule is tougher too. Uh, so spotty. You still can't trust him against the top D. This week against Miami is actually a pretty good test. Commanders I'd worry about. He's got the Jets in week eight. Cowboys week 10, forget it. In Dallas, forget it. Probably forget Washington. So as I look at the schedule, eh, it's not looking great. You know, I actually like him against the Eagles. That's like week 16 um, and, and 18, unfortunately. It'd be nice if he played the Eagles twice. He plays them well. You know, you do have some beatable matchups, certainly. Green Bay, New Orleans, well, that's, that's a tougher one. New England with all their injuries. The Raiders are here. So, I mean, it's going to get better, but it's not going to get that much better. How about Justin Fields and the Bears? Moving on here, week five edition of Hanson's Hints podcast at fantasypoints.com. Honestly, I have no idea. I'm recording this before their week five game. How will he play? I have no idea. I would I would lean toward the negative because the Washington Commanders have a pretty good pass rush and they actually have a decent secondary. You know, it's a good defense overall. It's in DC. They'll be fired up. It's probably their first, yeah, it's their first nationally televised game under the new ownership, and it's in DC. So they will be fired up. So ugh, that's not great. It's going to be spotty, but here's the good news. I think he showed enough in week four to feel good about him in week six, seven, and eight against the Vikings, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, this is what you need when you have struggling players. You need helpful matchups. And by the way, that is part of the regression equation. When I was talking Daniel Jones this summer, I was certainly not basing it off, oh, Got to get Daniel Jones. He's got the Cowboys and the Niners first three weeks of the season. No, um, I was looking at the entirety of the schedule. So, you know, some of these players and teams that are struggling have had tougher matchups, but the easier matchups are coming. Um, so I don't have a great feel for Justin Fields and a real handle on whether or not he will, but I would lean toward yes based on matchups. He does have the Vikings again. He also has the Lions twice. I feel like he plays the Lions well, and he will handle himself fairly well. It's a pretty good schedule overall. So I'm actually going to lean a little bit toward the positive here on Justin Fields. Uh, he is certainly not right now where he was being drafted. But if he can stay in one piece, he'll probably end up there. He was what? About QB6, QB7. He's actually not bad. QB11 right now, right, right uh, ahead of Brock Purdy. Oh, and of course, he's got to be behind C.J. Stroud because everyone saw that coming. 
Um, which, by the way, let's move on to that because on the flip side of things, that's probably not a bad example of can this and CJ Stroud keep this up? I I would say honestly, it's it's been amazing, but just going off the theme of this here podcast this week in regression, like are we really going to complete 62% of our passes for, uh, you know, eight yards in attempt. And, oh, by the way, we won't throw an interception all year. He's going to, he's on pace to throw like 28 touchdowns versus zero interceptions. He's got a pretty good 4% touchdown rate. You know, he's throwing the ball, you know, a lot early in the year. Let's take a look at the attempts real quick. We can do a little calculation here. All right. So he is throwing that rock on average. Actually, it's uh, – hold on a second. He's throwing a a lot by the numbers here for sure. 37.7 times per game. So if we kept that up and he played all 17 games with a – 4% 4% touchdown rate. Um, we're looking at a lot of touchdowns here for CJ's. Well, actually, no, it's um, it's about 26. So it's close to what I said, but I still don't think we are going to do that. Like CJ Stroud has thrown two touchdown passes in each of his last three games, and he's averaged about, well, over 300 yards passing per game. And again, you look at it, Colts, Jags, Steelers. The Steeler D is getting roasted right now. I don't know what's going on there. Jacksonville's okay, but they're easier to throw on. And the Colts secondary is terrible. So let's take a look at the schedule for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. I'm not saying, well, you know what? I might be saying sell Nico Collins. Well, this is a pretty good litmus test this week at Atlanta. They're actually pretty scrappy. New Orleans is a good one. Carolina, no J.C. Horn, or maybe he'll be back by then. Tampa's okay. I mean, he, he's he got a number of good defenses, not shut down. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks, Bengals. Later in the year, he, he does have some good ones interspersed with some shaky ones. Got the Jets. Then he's got Denver and Tennessee late in the year. Cleveland's a bad one. So he's a little all over the map, but I don't think that CJ Stroud can keep this up. Now, certainly you pick him up, hope for the best, light a candle, but I would say no on CJ Stroud, you know, keeping this up. So what does that mean? It means let's not just assume that Nico Collins is now the next Julio Jones or something like that. I, I don't think he's as good or as talented as his production would indicate right now. So he, he might actually be a sell high guy. Uh, you know, like, are we are we going to get it this wrong? C.J. Stroud was QB 30. We actually had him at 25, believe it or not. We were actually considerably over his ADP. I don't know how that happened. I, I was pretty optimistic. Um, the ranking was all about the projection. So the projection was the projection, and it was you know fairly optimistic. Uh, no doubt for C.J. Stroud, he was a little bit of an unknown commodity, but now now he's a little bit more of a known commodity. Let's move over to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, well, unfortunately, 
uh, it's very reminiscent of the Giants in that it's, you know, a perfect S storm and everything is going bad. And it does make Kenny Pickett look quite bad. And he is absolutely part of the problem, just like Daniel Jones is. But similar to Jones, and maybe Kenny Pickett is a little bit more of a schoolyard guy. Maybe Daniel Jones is too. Maybe they're both just a little bit of slow blinkers and schoolyard guys, you know, but pretty talented. Um, but Kenny Pickett, like Daniel Jones, could be good. I still think he could be good, but unfortunately, he's he needs it all working. Everything. And Daniel Jones is the exact same way. Last year, it was all working for Daniel Jones, and we saw the results. He was a QB1. They went to the playoffs. It was unbelievable. Decision-making, protecting the ball. They were calling great. I mean, everything lined up, worked out beautifully, which is makes this year's regression even more stunning because it's year two. You're supposed to get better when your situation improves, not get worse. But that's literally what they've done. Obviously, injuries are a factor. But with Pittsburgh, you know, Kenny Pickett, if – the O-line was blocking very well, which they're not, for the run or the pass. And then if Najee in the running game was more effective, you know, Najee's doing a little bit lately, ripping off a couple of big plays, but just by sheer will, uh, seems like he's getting hit on every carry behind the line of scrimmage. And if, and this is a big one, they had a better play caller and play designer. I mean, not to pile on with Matt Canada, but we've been talking about this guy for two years. Everyone has. We all know he stinks. We all know that the route combinations are fooling no one. We all know that they don't scheme anyone open, all that good stuff. Like, so there, and yeah, we did ignore that for Kenny Pickett again. But again, why do we get excited about Kenny Pickett? Because he was looking really good and the ADP was 150. So we can get over it uh, if we, we draft a Kenny Pickett. I actually ended up ranking Brock Purdy over Kenny Pickett. I did like Purdy a lot, too. And that one is working out beautifully. But Kenny Pickett, I don't think this one is going to work out because I do think Kenny's start has been so worrisome. And so it's just so disconcerting that I – I just don't see how we're going to get out of it. I, I I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's uh, people like me maybe overreacting a little bit and overrating Kenny Pickett, but it's also what everyone else says, the obvious with Matt Canada, and the O-line is also underachieving like many lines are. So, you know, again, not all his fault, but definitely partly his fault, and since they're not likely to fire the coordinator unless things get ugly. Unfortunately, I think this is going to continue in Pittsburgh, which is why, what was it, two weeks ago after his big game, I had George Pickens as, you know what? Love me some George Pickens. Who doesn't? But sell this guy. Trade. Uh, and I guess it's been a couple of weeks since then, and he hasn't been uh, all that great. Uh, let's move on to, um, well, one of the most baffling situations I've ever seen. The Kansas City Chief wide receivers. Not to beat a dead horse or belabor the point, but my God, I mean, not to name drop, but I was uh, texting today with noted Chiefs fan and Chiefs aficionado and Maven and expert, Mr. Paul Rudd, and I'm like, 
bitching and moaning to him. And he he's like, kind of like, I hear you. Um, it's surreal because we have quite literally the most physically gifted quarterback ever with one of the top five offensive coaches in NFL history and the greatest tight end, at least the greatest offensive weapon tight end in history. And we cannot get a wide receiver to have a good game. It, it is it a single guy. Like, yeah, I'm a Sky Moore guy. At the very least, you can see why in that no one else is doing a damn thing. But there is some sort of correlation here between how I'm dead wrong about Sky Moore and no other receiver is doing a damn thing. It will be one thing if I said Sky Moore and Rishi Rice was like, you know, one of the sleepers of the year. Which, hey, may still happen. I did like Rishi Rice a lot. Didn't think he would do much as a rookie because few rookies do. Uh, but it, there's something very, very wrong going on here and weird. Uh, now, Patrick Mahomes today did admit straight up that he's not playing well um, this year. So I think last year they went with this randomness and, you know, there, there's no go-to guy, which is smart in a way, you know, with Mahomes. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, the improvisational ability of Mahomes, you have no staples other than Kelsey. So it makes it more difficult to defend you when you have fewer go-to guys that you're getting the ball to every week, like Kelsey. I mean, they're not scheming anybody else open, really. Sky Moore a little bit, you know. A little bit of Reishi, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but nothing in particular. I also do, though, have to go to Matt Nagy. I mean, I could be talking on my ass, but here's what I do know. Eric Bieniemy has an offense in D.C. that's better than Casey's. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but when you really consider it, they're better. I mean, they, they've, they're supporting – Couple of they're they're supporting you know three receivers at least, and Antonio Gibson should be doing better. But they're supporting more viable fantasy options than the Chiefs with Sam Howell at quarterback. It's only four games, but that is absolutely absurd. So what that tells me is a Eric Bieniemy is good and doing a good job, and probably going to take Ron Rivera's job next year, and b the replacement for Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, probably does, in fact, once again confirmed stink because this is unbelievable. I, I, I have never seen anything like it. And again, it's probably about four different things, uh, but I think some of these things I'm touching on are part of the problem. So will it get better? I I am almost giving up on any hope that any one receiver uh, stands out. And honestly, if I had to guess, I mean, I'd have to go Rishi Rice at this point. I'd put Sky Moore a close second, though Kadarius Tony shows some signs of life. But are, are we really going to – Tony did in week four. Are we really going to go there again? I mean, this is one of the most aggravating situations I've ever encountered. I mean, again, the GOAT. 
with zero viable wide receivers. And just think about that. I remember when Warren Moon had like five, five. <laughs> uh, and, and this guy's got, well, one. He's got one in Kelsey. But, you know, guys like Moon and others had four, four viable receivers. Like Haywood Jeffries, like Drew Hill. I mean, uh, why am I not coming up with more names there? But you, you get the picture. Um, it's unbelievable. And I cannot at this juncture predict anything will change, you know, other than maybe a Rishi Rice ascension. And I would give, I'd still give Sky a shot here. I mean, can we scheme this man open for God's sakes? He is like a running back with the ball in his hands. And they're, they're absolutely not taking advantage of that. You know, he made more plays in a lost rookie year of, of note that gave me optimism than this year. Like, yeah, he, he might be getting jammed to the line a little bit. Maybe there's some separation issues, but I got to think that Nagy and losing the enemy and, and they're, they're not doing a good job. I mean, sometimes play callers and, and the like, they, they get in the zone too and they get into a slump. These guys are not starting out well at all. Like, can we get some continuity here, guys? Some a staple or two? Because otherwise it's just random, I think. Sure feels that way. I know they have guys coming in running specific routes, but man, the interchanging of the guys is just way, it's just a little too much here. I mean, maybe I'm talking out my you know what, but the results are the results, and the results are not good, really. Not very good. I mean, if Pat Mahomes wasn't running like he's running, I mean he's He's kind of a buzzkill right now. He is only QB eight, uh, completing only 64% of his passes for 7.0 YPA. I mean, literally, C.J. Stroud is, is, is good right now, the rookie, C.J. Stroud. Obviously, Tua is light years ahead of those, those basic numbers right there. So, yeah. That's part of the problem, too. Mahomes isn't playing well. That should change. That should get better. You know, and maybe they do tighten it up a little bit and adjust, but, man, this is absolute brutality. Uh, well, I think I covered the main areas I wanted to cover here. Um, not going to cover everything because, well, I'm going to get back to doing other work here at FantasyPoints.com. And, by the way, if you're a subscriber – Make sure you check out the uh, props that I'm putting up on Sunday morning. You know, it's a tough deal because I've I've definitely found my sweet spot of of five. But I, do I really want to do all the work I do and research and just put out five damn props? Um, so I'm doing more and I'm doing okay with them. But the top five, I'm I like isolating. I'm like circling them now and really drawing attention to them. Uh, they are... Um, 20 and or 15 and five so far in four weeks. So um, fantasypoints.com, if you want to get access to those props, I mean, I feel like I might be able to do this all year and you just literally pay for your subscription. Uh, you can also use promo code GRIFFIC22 or no, whoa, 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 wait, 25, my bad, GRIFFIC25. I'm thinking, was it year or no percentage? No, um, 
Gorific25 for 25% off. And of course, data.fantasypoints.com. If you're not there, check it out, the data tool. And it may look a little intimidating, but it's very user-friendly. And you can see descriptions of what all these data points are. And you can figure out, you know, the important ones and all that. And check out the videos we have there as well. Uh, So we'll wrap it up here. Didn't get to a lot of the, uh, you know, some matchup related stuff, but I want to do like a little bit of a a quarter point report here. Um, We are 28% through the regular season. I'll wrap it up here. Stay tuned to all the other podcasts and the like here at fantasypoints.com. Thanks for liking and subscribing. Give us a good comment, throw us a bone, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at fantasypoints.com. Fantasy Points.